Hello and welcome to the Busby Lane podcast. It's your boy Ugo and Dotsun, and today we will be looking at the road to glory. So, who wins the EPL? Uh, who gets into the converted top four spot? Who escapes relegation? You notice that I just skipped through Europa and Conference League because I don't care about those things. Um, uh, but Dotsun, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, I think I'm looking forward to um, the top four battle because, honestly, in my opinion, I think the the fight for the EPL title is done. Like, I don't see <laughs> yes, already. Done. You don't, you don't, don't see, see Liverpool, like you don't think no, Liverpool can no. come back because because uh, <laughs> City right now they are they have no distractions. They're out of everything, so this is the only thing they have left for them, and they're fully focused on it. You know, I mean, we saw that in their last game and KDB just went wild, you know. So I expect them to win the remaining games and, and seal it. It's done. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I mean, I want to believe that. <laughs> like, I really <laughs> want to believe that. But I have this sneaky feeling that Liverpool is really trying to do the quadruple like and that they might just do it but but i totally agree with you i mean city is like in 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 like red hot form and it it is very unlikely that they're going to um take their eyes off the ball so they they are more than likely locked on to win it so I, i agree i completely agree with you but then as a manchester united fan who is worried Sick about the possibility of a quadruple <laughs> <laughs> by Liverpool. I have that sneaky feeling, but I, ho- I hope it doesn't. I hope my worst nightmares does, doesn't come to life. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I think the top four is really where it's I can at. give yeah, you some reassurance. <laughs> like uh, Liverpool are not getting the quadruple. So that's the reassurance. I mean, mathematically, it's still there. Like they can, the math doesn't yeah. lie. They can still do it. You know, Massey haven't sealed anything yet. And Liverpool have two finals to play for. Um, but realistically, uh, I don't see Massey slipping up because Massey would need to lose a game. You know, and even if they lose a game, yeah. like, Liverpool could only win on goal difference. So it still would be tight, you know. Because see what Massey did to Wolves. They made them look like a middle table team. You know, they just pushed yeah. them aside so easily. So yeah, I don't I don't see I don't yeah, see them. It was, it was a exactly. <laughs> so like I don't I don't see them slipping up. It's it's done. The, the only thing we can look at now is the this battle for fourth. Uh, yeah, but they have um West Ham next, right? And West Ham is is not like West West Ham is that kind of team that can cause city problems like they can really it could be a draw right so it's so that, that's that is thing. why i feel even it's if, not it's not done yet draw, it's still not good enough for liverpool yeah like liverpool needs city to lose <laughs> so so yeah like a draw still wouldn't help liverpool much because city would still be ahead you know yeah so they have their three their three points ahead exactly so they need to they absolutely need to lose one exactly. game to they your have point to lose a game yeah and yeah. yes, that wow. West Ham is probably the best shot at like Man City dropping points, but I don't see Man City losing or drawing with West Ham. It's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. But I expect Man City to win. Yeah, it's 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 going to be intriguing, and and this is this is why we love the the EPL, right? It's like you know how many leagues have already celebrated <laughs> champions. <laughs> 
it's uh, we know that Bayern Munich is the PSG. All these guys. I think PSG was how many weeks ago did they actually wrap it up? Like it was <laughs> a few weeks ago, if I'm correct. So yeah, nothing is happening. I I, I keep on saying that. Um, I feel like it, the EPL is where it's at. That's where you have the best coaches in the world. Yep. That's where you have the best players. It is it is the most competitive. Yep, I, agree. I think without without a doubt. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's. Let's talk about Liverpool a little bit. So City is, you know, ready to go, right? They have, you know, these two games and you think they can wrap it up. But, you know, what what do you think, you know, Liverpool has to say about that? Because you can't write them off. They they, they rarely lose games. <laughs> true, true. Yes, uh, I mean, you can't write Liverpool off. But in, when it comes to the league, it's not in their hands, right? Like if it was a case of, you know, Liverpool being a point ahead, that I would say, okay, I expect them to see it through. But just because it's not in their hands, um, I'm writing them off for the league. Um, and I mean, we'll get a better picture this weekend when uh, Master City face West Ham. Because if they win that game and if they score a lot of goals, like what they did against Wolves, I think that could essentially wrap up the league. Because they will be on 92 points, which is Liverpool's maximum if they win their remaining games. And Man City will have a superior goal difference. So Liverpool would have to, I don't know, score like six goals in, in each of their last two games, you know? So, um, yeah. So, yeah. so Liverpool has no chance. Liverpool is playing Southampton on Tuesday, it seems. And that game is... <laughs> that one is a, is a tricky one because, you know, Southampton is... Um, Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the thing about Southampton is like you know they, they beat Liverpool last season, but then Liverpool wasn't really Liverpool last season. But they can either stink up the place or they can throw a crazy surprise. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> that's that's what I get from Southampton. Like they they can stink up the place really badly. Like they can go and lose eight nil or something crazy like that, or they just you know put up a fight and next thing is a draw or they can even get a win, you know. So it's it's, it's still a very, very tough road for both Liverpool and, and City. But to your point, I think it does seem like City with one win, you know, would wrap it up. Yep, with one massive win, they could wrap it up. Because right now, they, the goal difference, they have um, seven plus seven on the goal difference. So assuming they beat, you know, West Ham like 5-0, that's a plus 12. So, as I said, Liverpool would have to score more than six goals in each of their last two games. And that's yeah. as you mean City lose yeah. their final game. So Yeah, who who's the final who's the final game? Let me see. Um who is City playing after West Ham? Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> Aston Villa. Well Aston I mean, Villa. Jared you know, is trying to do something for his old team, you know. Um but yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, anyway. I mean, this is this is going to be fun. Be I think it's. I think it probably will go down to the yeah. wire. I think maybe we'll yeah. know on the last day actually. Okay, so let's switch into what you said was the most exciting for you, which is okay. top four. And there are no. I mean, you you said well, it's because you know first first two are wrapped. Uh, the, the the title is wrapped up. In my opinion, <laughs> we'll we'll find out this weekend. But in my opinion, it's wrapped up. I wonder, what, what, <laughs> I know, I know you're saying it's wrapped up, but I know you you care about Arsenal as well. Like your your key 
<laughs> reason for it to be exciting, of course, is that you're involved in this. And I, I envy you a bit because, I mean, United season is over and I, I can't participate in this, whether it is anxiety, excitement, whatever it is that is going Trust through me, it's your not mind. Fun. It's not fun. Going on. <laughs> it's not fun. It's the, the anxiety is too much. It's not fun. <laughs> so, so, okay. Um, I think let's start with the elephant in the room, the not London Derby, right? Um, that was painful, I'm sure, for you. But I, I have to ask one question. Where do you think it went wrong? Because this was a very important game, a season-defining game, I would say. And it just went south for Arsenal. Like, what happened? Was it Was it Arsenal? Was it, you know... Spurs being just really good. Like, how how did you guys lose that one? Um, yes, it, it was a big game. You know, not, not taking away from that, but the good thing we have is, or the good thing about that game is, we had a safety net because it wasn't a game we absolutely needed to win. But yes, a win would have made things a lot more comfortable for us because we would have confirmed top four. Uh, but where it went wrong, I think it was more on the Arsenal side. Um, we kind of sort of shot ourselves in the foot and we made some very easy decisions for the ref and so many things went against us in that game and in a way I feel like it's typical Arsenal because when the expectations get really high and when you when you expect them to do something and you're hoping for them to do something and show up they just tend to let you down um, you know they did this during that three-game stretch where we expected them to win, win a very good spot, and then winning would have put us almost clear in the in the top four position. But, you know, Arsenal being Arsenal, we lost those three games in a row. And then when everything was looking like it was a wrap, you know, we're not going to recover, then we decided to, we did now beat Chelsea, we beat Manchester United. You know, so it's like they surprise you and they do things when you least expect and they don't perform when you most expect. That seems to be the story of Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I think it's because it's a young team as well, For right? Sure. I mean, I, I mean, I think you can expect that from young teams that they're they're going to be inconsistent. Um, but but it's a really good young team. It's a it's a young team that is um going places, and you you could see the progression. You could see that they are, they are playing for one another. They they play together. They they play really exciting football as well. And um yeah, the future is bright. But you know this would be a necessary step in in that in the in the right direction, getting into top four, getting into uh the Champions League spaces, and and going out there and, and expressing themselves. There will be no expectation, of course, when they get into the Champions League to go with it or anything like that. But there will be, you know, it will be, you know, another step in 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 that process for them to continue to learn and gain the experiences they need uh, to be successful. Hundred percent. But this is this is what I have to say, right? I think that game was heavily influenced by a very very poor decision by the referee. That, that's that's my opinion, and and I say that because um, that was the softest penalty I've seen this season. And it makes no sense to me um, where the foul was. I, every time I saw the replay, I was trying to understand what the foul... I, I think we were even chatting when at, at yeah, the where? time and I asked you, like, what was the foul? Like, where was it? <laughs> and genuinely, I didn't even see what the foul was. I, it was later on I said, oh, there was a bump 
between Cedric and Son. Was that was that a that, like that? There's just no way that that is a foul. Same. Like that was my initial reaction. Actually, that was my reaction. Full stop. Um, I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it was very, very, very harsh. Yes, Cedric nudged Son. You know, but we've seen a lot worse. That, that, that's a exactly, and and we've seen a lot worse happen, and nothing, nothing's given. And for something so small, something you know, as 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 little as that, and the ref gives it, it just felt extremely harsh, in our opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was it was very very harsh, and you know, we don't want um to talk about the refs, you know, and and, and dwell exactly. on them or anything like that because it's just <laughs> there's nothing interesting about Plus, that. In all honesty, it's just so so one exactly. Plus, like you know, when <laughs> as an Arsenal fan, you know, when you're on the losing side and you complain about the ref, it just makes it look like you know you just find trying to find someone to blame or you know, like people mm-hmm. just look at you as though you're salty. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, yeah. Blame the ref, blame the ref. You know, but I yeah. mean, at the end of the yeah. day, as I said earlier, the team made, like, they gave the ref that decision. They put the ref in a position where he could make a decision, and that decision went against us because yes, it was soft. I, I would say the second it was soft, but yeah. Cedric didn't need to do that. You know, but hey. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it's it's a terrible one because I think maybe the second um, the sending off was actually a sending off. I mean, that was reckless. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was that was a spot on goal. But I, I think at that point, what may have happened, and it's, it's easy for us to say, oh, they lost their head, or they, you know, but it, it might be that okay, they lost concentration after you know that setback, and and that is typical of young teams. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes not knowing how to sort of deal with with um, setbacks in games like that, and you could tell that the sports team is a very very experienced team. It's you know it's it's filled with really experienced players, so they knew how to take advantage of that particular situation and and really made Arsenal pay for exactly. it. Yeah, I think, and the funny thing is is that. Um, I think Kane Kane scored twice, if I'm correct. Um yes. And uh and Son scored the other one. Yeah, it's it yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. But um we also have to give credit to Tottenham because in the past few weeks they've been really, really great. I mean they're and I and I, I know as an Arsenal fan, this is not something <laughs> that you're interested in. Oh no, no, no. We can, we can talk <laughs> but, about But they've that. been doing, they've been Fine. playing very well. They've been playing very well. Yes, they have. They have been playing really, really well. Um, and honestly, going into that game, yes, I was looking forward to it, but only because I knew we had the safety net. Because if this was a game or the final game of the season and winner gets fourth, I wouldn't have been looking forward to the game because, in my opinion, I felt Spurs were the better side going into that game. And All right. That, that, that's interesting, yeah. actually. I, 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 I wouldn't have thought you felt like... No, no. I, I felt it was going to be in a better position. It was going to be a really, really tough game, and we would have to like play our best football to beat them. You know, because um, I felt like I felt a little bit like we were the underdogs. I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I'm always optimistic, and I feel like we can beat anyone. You know, but just you know, looking at how sports have been recently, um, I just felt like you know this was a game that they had a very good chance of winning, and they did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and and also I think you know credit to Conte for what he's done. Um, I was looking at their 
um, at his win, win percentage is at 55% currently. I think they've won about, is it 19 games? Um, they've lost 10 or so and then drawn five, something of that nature. So they've done, they've done really, really well. At first, it wasn't looking that great, but I think the investment in January really uh, paid off with Bentancourt and uh, I could never call his name because it's... Kulisevsky? <laughs> Kulisevsky. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so those investments are really paying off and I think they got rid of um, Ndombele and um, and stuff and yeah, they look they look a much better, um, a solid unit to start with so they're not conceding a lot of goals, they frustrated Liverpool um, and Conte is a winner, he's someone who knows how to win and uh, you also saw like a little bit of banter between uh, Conte and Ateta this morning regarding uh, or was it yesterday? Yeah. Sorry, regarding uh, Ateta campaign <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, it's the pressure is on. So, Doctor, you've been doing the the maths, like you've been crunching all the numbers. I want to see what your your whiteboard actually looks like <laughs> with all the permutations uh, <laughs> that you're making regarding this. But so, can you give can you give us like a, a breakdown of like what needs to happen? You know, who needs to win how many games or lose how many games is goal difference in play? Like, what 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 is the permutation looking like in terms of who gets that uh, coveted fourth fourth spot? Okay. Um. Well, first off, goal difference is not is not. Is not in play for Arsenal because Spurs have the superior goal defense. So ideally, we don't want it to go down mm-hmm. to goal defense because they would get fourth. Um, but the simple answer is Arsenal win their last two games, they get fourth. It's as simple as that. But if we want to wrap it up on the next game, we need Spurs to lose. So if Spurs lose to Burnley in the next game and we beat Newcastle, that's it. It's a wrap. Because by beating Newcastle, we'll go four points clear with a game left for, for both teams. So that's a wrap. So I'm hoping Newcastle do us a solid <laughs> this weekend. Uh, but like I said, it's unlikely. I, I strongly believe Spurs will win their last two games. I mean, it's Spurs. And we all know how they can be against these teams. You know, they beat the really big guys. They do a double on Man City and then they lose to like a Brighton or something. You know? So um, I'm really hoping... Sh- that Spurs showed the other side of their game and they lose <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> and Arsenal, I'm hoping that they turn up and they beat Newcastle and then we wrap it. Because ideally, I don't want it to go to the last day. The The nerves and the pressure will be very, very high. Yeah, it, it, I think for me, from what I can see, I would say that, um, man, Bolly is also fighting for exactly. something, right? I mean... Bolly is fighting for something which makes that game really, really exactly. tough. But Spurs has way more more um, quality, and you can expect that they can actually be. Hundred percent. You guys are playing. You guys are playing Newcastle, and that is not a given as well. With the way Newcastle is playing, you know, over the past few few weeks, they've been really, really good as well. Like it's not really that easy to say that that is a a given win for you guys? Uh, no, it's definitely not a given win. We would have to play really good football to beat them, but I believe we can beat them. Um, I'm not that scared of Liverpool. Um, I know Arsenal on their day, they can do the job against, sorry, Newcastle. I'm not that scared of Newcastle because yeah. I know Arsenal on yeah. on their day can beat Newcastle. Um, it's just a matter of yeah. how do we prepare for that game and how do we turn up? What performance do we put in on Monday? Yeah. Um, but yes, I would. I I really expect us to win. I expect us to beat Newcastle and win that game. 
you know, you know, but if we're looking at this purely based on league position, it does seem like um, Spurs has the easier route. Hundred percent. Um yeah. Spurs' last tough game is um, Burnley because Burnley still have something to fight for. Um, the last yeah. game against Norwich, it's that's a gimme. Um, I mean, maybe Norwich out of sportsmanship and maybe pride, they might show up and try and play for something. <laughs> but I expect Spurs to like roll, like roll them over and get all three points there. So really and truly, it's only Burnley. And if Spurs beat Burnley this weekend, then Arsenal have to win their last two games. So that means we have to beat Newcastle and then we have to beat Everton. Um, yeah. And, and the Everton game is an interesting exactly. one as well because we don't know if... And, and we'll talk about uh, you know the relegation battle in, in a bit, but if Everton is still fighting for something, which I think they will be um, on the last day of the season, then that game becomes like like really 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 hot and and it just reminds me you know it's not the same thing but it reminds me of the city qpr game um at the end of the season last day qpr was fighting relegation city was trying to get uh, the title that was a like that was a crazy game like the aguero goal game <laughs> that game um, had everything. Uh, QPR had even a player sent off. I think was it Cisse or some someone like I forget. I forget who it was. Jibril Cisse or someone. I, I forget who it was though. But someone got sent off. Or am I might get. I'm, no, I'm, I think I'm not not Cisse. I think it was. Um, I forget. I, I have to recall who who got sent off. But someone got sent off in that game, and um, they still scored two goals. I think it took that Aguero last minute goal to get the win. So. Man, it's it's going to be um, really, really, really interesting for you guys. I think you have to win Newcastle for for starters. And that's not an easy game, and then the Everton game is going to be just. Um, I think it's the game to watch mm-hmm. on that day. And, and honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think we can beat Newcastle. I mean, their last game against Man City. I know it's Man City, and the, we can't compare to Man City, but Man City beat them pretty easily. You know, I was I was actually looking forward to the Man City Newcastle game. Thinking, oh wow. This might be a tough game for Man City. You know, it's Newcastle. You know, the players they have, the way they've been playing. But, I mean, Newcastle didn't look look special in that game. And Man City beat them 5-0. Five, five mm-hmm. So, I think... And that was that's Newcastle's last game. They lost 5-0 to Man City. So, um, I think we can we can do the job. I mean, it's, it will, probably won't be 5-0. But we can easily... Or I would expect us to beat them 2-0. Or maybe 3-1. Um... And as for Everton, um, just looking at the table right now, um, Everton only need four points to guarantee their safety. And they have three games remaining. So you can see where my mind's at. If they win their next game and draw, by the time they face us on the last day, they will be safe. <laughs> so I'm actually hoping that maybe Everton can do the job in their next two games. <laughs> Because this is just how I am with Arsenal as an Arsenal fan. I try to pray for scenarios where there's as little pressure as possible on Arsenal, you know? Like, yeah. hoping Everton are safe by the time we play them or hoping, you know, Spurs lose to Burnley by the time we go to Newcastle. You know, because I just have a little bit of trust issues and trusting that the team would do the job <laughs> when the pressure is on. You know, because because okay. Spurs winning and going into fourth would put a lot of pressure 
on Arsenal. And yes, I know I'm being a bit unfair because Arsenal have shown in this season that when the pressure is high, they can turn up. You know, they can give a good response. We saw that against Chelsea. They lost three on the row and then they went and beat Chelsea. You know, nobody expected that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, being a little bit unfair, but at the same time, as a long-time Arsenal fan, we just know that, <laughs> you know, when you expect something to happen, it doesn't always go that way. So you always pray for a safety net. And that is my safety net. <laughs> that Burnley win and Everton are safe by the time we, we face them. Okay, so and, and this is a really great segue into uh, Everton and Burnley specifically because I think, okay, so it's Everton, Burnley and Leeds who are actually in this relegation scrap right now. Um, and they're all fighting to escape the the 18th spot, mm-hmm. which Leeds is actually comfortably chilling <laughs> out at right now. So now, I mean, so let's start with Everton. Um Nobody expected them to be here, you know, at this point of the season. Like, I mean, it, 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 it's happened in a way that it's almost happened quietly because it's like, how how are they there? Like, I, I have no idea how they, they found themselves there. And now they are going to be playing Brentford in the last game. And this is a really tough team to play because they, they, they're not, it's not that easy, right? I think Brentford has like really good mm-hmm. um fundamentals they play very very solid football they're not just going to gift it to everton no, they won't. and i think the thing about everton is um between those three teams i think they're the luckiest because yes they have tough fixtures brentford is going to be a very very difficult game and then crystal palace next but the good thing they have for them is from their last three games they only need four points four so they can actually afford to lose a game they can afford to draw a game and they'll still be relatively safe. I know they'll want to wrap it up sooner than later because you don't want to draw and then you're now hoping for a win, you know, from your remaining two games. So they'll want to beat Brentford. But yeah, it's only four points. They need a win and a draw. And then they're done. They're safe. Oh my God. I When I when you say that they, they're playing Brentford and Crystal Palace, I, I worry for I, them. I, I worry for them too. But I would say... <laughs> Those teams are really good Lamp- teams. Lampard <laughs> needs to know which of those two games he's getting three points from. I mean, ideally, he'll want six. But which of those two games can he realist- realistically get three points from? He needs to win one of those two games. And the other one, he needs to draw. The team just shouldn't lose. So they need to be tight at the back. They need yeah. to be composed. You know, I mean, maybe not to the extremes of the tactics he used against um, Liverpool. But um, yeah. yes, they need to ensure that they defend well. And then they try and catch teams on the break. Okay, it's going to it's going to be exciting uh, to watch these guys. I think the Everton Brentford one is going to tell us everything about um, their resolve because I think Crystal Palace is just flying mm-hmm. right now, and that they're, they're not just about. They just handed Watford like was it five zero or four zero? Okay, oh no, I think it was was it one zero? Maybe it was one zero. It was one zero. Yeah, it was a Will Wilfred Zaha one zero. Um, against Watford that relegated them. So it's, um, hmm. Like, I, I, I think from my perspective, I would say that Everton is in real trouble because those two teams are not, I know those two teams are not playing for much, but those two teams are not teams you want to meet right now. No, you don't. But if you think about it, because they need the least points between Everton Burnley and Leeds, everything needs least points to be safe because right now they're ahead of yeah. the pack. And if yeah. you look at Burnley, yeah. Burnley goes to Spurs. 
next. <laughs> so that's also a tough yeah, one for them. Tough, you know? Yeah. And uh, and Leeds, like they've been struggling recently, like two red like a red card back to back <laughs> and they go to Brighton. You know? Yeah. Um yeah. they've lost their last two games, you know. Um so I'm guessing the, the manager has a lot of work to do to get the team spread up. They've they got red cards in each of the last two games. Um so yeah, it's kind of a mess at the moment, right at, at Leeds right now. And they absolutely need to win their last two games. They absolutely need to win. So if they lose to Brighton this weekend, it might be it might be a wrap for them. Yeah, and, and to your point, I think Leeds, the, the problem Leeds has is that they are in that spot right exactly. now. Exactly. They are in <laughs> the, the spot. And they've played the most games. And they've played the most games. And you played the most games. Yes, yes. It, it, it's not looking too great for them. And they have the worst goal drift difference exactly. as well. Um, it, it seems like, you know, it's all but in names that they're going down. Exactly. <laughs> because they, like they can't, yeah. They, yeah, because, they need to get out their own points because their goal defense, as you said, is terrible. Like it's, it's yeah. extremely bad. They can't catch up on goal defense. So they need the points and they only have two games left, you know? So, so yeah, Burnley can afford to lose yeah. to Spurs. They can afford to lose a game and still be safe because Burnley only needs six points. To, to guarantee their safety from their three games. So I'm sure they will try and get something from, from Spurs, maybe like a draw. And if they can win, obviously they'll go for it. But they have that safety net. Leeds don't. Leeds don't have a safety net. So, so yeah, I think it's a tough one for them. But uh, if I were a betting man, I would say Leeds are going to go down. I would bet on Leeds to go down. Yeah, I think... I think- yeah, it, it does make sense. And and the interesting thing here when you look at um when you look at the table is that if Leeds loses one game, uh then the, the seven points is gonna be enough for City. Exactly. Because that's a draw. Uh, that, 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 so Everton would, we need just a yeah. draw <laughs> with three games left, just a yeah, draw. Everton would <laughs> Yeah, Everton would need a draw and Burnley would just win. need one win. Exactly. So this weekend is a big yeah. one for Leeds. It's a very big one. And I'm sure yeah. Everton and Burnley will be praying that Leeds lose because that also gives them the added safety and there's less pressure on them, especially Everton, because they're like, woof, we can just draw, you know? I mean, they will, they will still try and win because you, know, you have to be competitive. But knowing that, you know, a draw is more than enough for them. And as an Arsenal fan, I will be praying that Leeds lose because that means that definitely by the time we face Everton, they should be safe. Um, but let's see. Let's see how it goes this weekend. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very, very, very action-packed weekend and games that that mean something are going on. And it's it's really apt that Manchester United is not playing this weekend. That is a consequential weekend league. It shows how irrelevant <laughs> and we, we we are in this in the grand scheme <laughs> of the season. So but I know I I really didn't want to talk about the European Conference League because, you know, it does open up trauma for me because I don't want to talk about Manchester United in all honesty because it's been a traumatic season, um, a, a disappointing season. I can't believe um, that our season just capitulated the way it did. Um, so, but, but we will have time to come back and sort of review the season uh, maybe in the next episode we'll look at the entire season and maybe we'll, maybe i get to do some ranting at that time but if we look at the, the 
the conference league sort of position, um, it does seem like it's it's not really that straightforward for Manchester United. Manchester United could actually end up in the conference league instead of the Europa because um, at the moment West Ham has two games mm-hmm. and uh, United has uh, one. only one game left and only three points ahead of West Ham. And if West and West Ham has a superior goal difference for sure, except we score <laughs> ten goals, ten, ten plus goals, <laughs> ten plus, <laughs> which is very very unlikely. So if West Ham wins both games, they essentially uh, would be um, in the Europa League, while United drops into the Conference League yep. spot. But, that, but that's essentially what's it's gonna not going to happen because yeah. West Ham face Man City this weekend. <laughs> and honestly, I expect yeah, so Man City all these to win. Are into I mind. expect Man City to win. So, so Man City can do a us favor, a favor in exactly. a way. Exactly. <laughs> Man City will be doing as a solid favor. Oh my God! No, I don't want Man City doing us favors. Honestly, like I don't want that. But again, they will be doing us a different type of favor as well. Because if Man City wins the league, then maybe. I can deal with the treble, but not necessarily a quadruple. Exactly. So that's, that's two favours. They deny Liverpool the quadruple yes, and they get favors. you the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but even, even if um, West Ham loses to City, all they need is... Um, and, but, and because I'm not assuming that United is going to beat Crystal Palace. I can't do that. <laughs> like, I cannot assume. It's not over. That that is no, it's not happen. over, that's for sure. Because yeah, if you lose to Crystal so, Palace yeah, even, and West Ham win their final game, then yes, West yeah. Ham would get the Europa League spot. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, it, with, with United at the moment, I think um, I can't really say what they're going to do. Losing to Brighton the way they did suggests that they can easily lose to Crystal Palace if they put in that type of performance again. So um, from that perspective, I would say that West Ham still has... Um, you know, the opportunity to actually end up in that uh, Europa spot. And they would have deserved it because they, they really had, um, you know, a solid season uh, this year. They, they they played really great football, really pushed the big teams um, and, and you know, got, got far in the Europa League. And, you know, they don't have the best of players or anything like that. They have a decent squad. Uh, but David Moyes has really done, like... Um, a really solid job there. Yeah, hundred um, percent. That's also one to look out for. Honestly, that the Europa League and that Champions League spots, um, those two uh, are going to be very interesting because those are far from over. And I think for the Europa League spots, it's going to go to the last day. Hundred percent. It's going to go to the final um, final week of football. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know we've we've been talking about all the different scenarios. I mean. There's nothing going on in the middle side of the league, so we don't have to talk about you know Leicester and Brighton and Wolves and all of those guys. Like we don't really care that much what's going on there. Uh, but let's talk about uh, the uh, the F the EPL play, uh, player of the season. Let's just talk briefly about that before we round up. Um, we have Trent uh, Jared Bowen. Jared, Bo- Jared Bowen. Oh my God. Okay, he played well, but player of the season, guys, give me a break. Okay, uh, then we have uh, Cancelo, KDB, uh, Saka, uh, Salah, Watt Prowse, and Son. So those are those are the um, eight players that have been nominated for the EA Sports Player of the Season. 
Um, Dalton, so who who are you voting for and why? Um, I think for me, it's going to be KDB. Uh, I mean, we already had the conversation. I told you it's a tough one because I think it's, for me, it's between Salah and KDB. And Son kind of like almost sneaking in there because he gets like an honorable mention because he's also had a very good season with Spurs. Um, but I think it's going to be KDB for me because of what he's done for Man City. He's like, he's been their best player. Like you can't even, unarguably, their best player. It's, you know, you can't, you can't dispute that. And he's, what he's done for that team and the, the contribution he's had, you know, he, he, he gets it for me. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to argue, um, you know, KDB's impact in the league this season. I would say, um, you know, I'll even maybe this is a hot take, but I think right underneath the Ronaldo Messi sort of dominance, I've always felt that uh, KDB was right under that sort of that sort of level. Mm-hmm. I would rank him even above some of the the best players at, at PSG, the yeah. Neymars and the Mbappes of the world. Personally, I, w- I would say he is above, uh, you know, that caliber because he's a well-rounded footballer he does it all he's very very hard-working and he he lets his football speak um exactly he's not a guy who's very loud or anything like that so he lets his football speak and the leadership he shows uh for man city that is basically the best team in the world or at least one of the best team teams in the world shows that he is you know there's something special about that kid like that guy is just something else and uh, you're right. But for me, when I look at sort of uh, player of the season, you know, I, I think sometimes it's about narratives. Sometimes it, it really goes beyond just, you know, the player. It's also about what the team has accomplished and things like that. Um, so Salah, Salah has like the highest number of goals scored, number of highest number of assists. I don't know if it, if it's because Salah does this year in year out that we can afford to sort of look at KDB and say you know he's the one, but I think Salah's numbers just make it so difficult for you to just ignore him. Hundred percent, and that's why it's a tough one because um, Salah has been incredible. He's been incredible this season uh, for Liverpool, and like you said, the numbers don't lie. You know, top goal scorer, top top assists. You know, in the league, that's that's no small feat, you know. But um, there's just something about about KDB, you know, because with Salah, yeah, he plays more advanced, so you expect those goals. You know, he's always in and around like the box, you know. So um, we expect him to score goals. We expect him to create when he's in that front three, you know, because they all play they all play well with each other and for each other. But with KDB, you know, coming from the midfield and still having the same amount of the same level of impact. I mean, he, KDB has 15 goals. He's uh, Man City's top goal scorer. You know, that's that's yeah. that's a big deal for someone who plays in midfield. You know, he's he's not he's not part of the he's not in the front three for for Man City. He plays in the midfield, and yet he's still banging in those goals and and creating for his teammates. Uh, and and he shows up in the big games, you know. Yeah, no, you're 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 absolutely correct. I I think I think either way, I think there there is a good argument to be made about 
uh, either Salah or, or KDBN to your point or honorable mention for Son. But I think my honorable mention would go to Trent actually because the, what Trent does as a right back is just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's that unbelievable the, the his contribution as a right back and he really makes that Liverpool team um, really take from an attacking point of view. He's you know one of their biggest uh, creative players and. He does the, the work he does, and you know the way he plays is really special. But but yeah, to your point, I think if you look at all round play leadership, KDB has scored really big goals Very this season. Goals. I know Salah has, you know, as well. But yeah, but I think I'm leaning towards KDB as well because I think uh, I like his overall contribution as a player, and and I think City players have not won this. Um, this title in a while. I don't think they have, and they've been dominating the league. So I think a City player probably deserves it this yes, season. Because, um, like, as I said, like KDB is, he's just, he's a phenomenal player. And you can always rely on him in the big games. You know, when the two sides face each other, Man City and Liverpool, KDB was, was the guy. You know, he, we saw more of yeah. KDB than we did of Salah, you know? Um, so yeah, like, he's, Man City can rely on him and Pep can rely on him. He's just that good. And as for Son, um, he gets that honorable mention for me because in that Spurs team, you know, it's you'll be surprised knowing that Son is only one goal behind behind Salah. You know, 21 goals in the league. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? It just, <laughs> like, it just quietly happened. And you're like, what? Son could win Golden Boots? You know? Like, What? Um, but yeah, because that's just how good he is, you know. So you can imagine if he was in that Man City team, the number of goals he would have gotten, you know, or if he even played for Liverpool. So yeah, so yeah, for him to do that and accomplish that in with Spurs, that's that's uh, no small achievement. Yeah, no, Son is, Son is an awesome player. I, I love the guy. I, I wish he was playing for United for sure. But before we round up, I mean, you must be proud that Saka is on this list as well. Like, that's that's awesome, right? I mean, that's a that's a feather to his cap, right? He, he, he played exceptionally well this season. But what do you think about him getting, the, you know, this nomination? That's, that, that has to be big. No, it's definitely big for him. Um, he's been, I think, yeah, I think he has actually been our best player. Um, this season um, and I think he's also played the most games for us or started almost every game if not every game for us um, so yeah um, it's it's. I'm really happy for him and it's a good one for him to be on this list with incredible players and it's something for him to be proud of I know he's not going to win it you know it's not I mean looking at the other players in, on that list uh, they're like two, three, four <laughs> or so players that are ahead of him but yeah like he should be proud to be on this list. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think um, for how, you know, thinking about how young he exactly. is, right? I mean, this it's, it's exceptional that he's, you know, being mentioned in the same list as, um, you know, Salah and KDB and, and so on and the likes. Um, he's just he's just a wonderful player. Um, you know, when you watch him, very, very, um, you know, astute with the ball. Very, I, I, I see him as a high percentage player. Very, very efficient player, um, and he does really special things. His passes, crosses, scores goals. He does, he does it all basically. So he's 
uh, the modern forward slash midfielder, you know, slash you know <laughs> leader on the team and stuff like that. So he do, he does he does a great great job. I like him as a player. Yeah. He's really good. Um, and then you know the, the rest of the list is is Bowen, Cancelo, and what Prowse. I'm not sure what what Prowse is doing here. He's banging a few free kicks. That's, That's cool, but. <laughs> Like I, I can, I can think about other players, and I, I'm not hitting no. on, on what Prowse, by the way. But I, like, I can think about of other players that that had really great seasons. Is I mean, Southampton is like somewhere in what eleventh or what? I don't know. Like, should they should he be on this list? Do you think? Um, I don't think he should be on the list. But I guess they just didn't want it to be just the top teams. <laughs> They wanted to. It almost was like a like a diversity pick. Like, oh, let's just get someone from one of the other teams. You know, look for a good player in, and just throw him in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I am very, very sure that you can find a player at Chelsea that did well enough. I mean, Reese James was awesome this season. That is true. Like, you know, Reese James could have been there, right? So, like, I'm sure you can find. You can find. You could have picked money uh, from Liverpool or whoever it is. I mean. I'm sure there are just more players that, that have played better than even Bernardo Silva has played way better than true. what Prowse this season. That is so. true. <laughs> it's those free kicks. Like, I, don't, I don't get it's that the, pick. Free kicks. <laughs> it's the free kicks. But I think that's why he's in oh, there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's special to to hit free kicks and his you know broken records in that yeah. regard. But his overall play, which is what what I think this award is about, and the impact on the team. Exactly. The team is 15th in the league. So, like, what? There's nothing super special about your contribution to your team's progress, in my opinion, anyway. So, I don't know what he's doing on the list, but you know, I guess to your point, it's a um, we need we need someone from the lower tiers in here, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then and then finally, um, okay. So, I, the last two guys, Bowen and uh, Cancelo. Cancelo was awesome this season. Yeah, he was. He was. He was really good for um, for Man City. And Bowen as well, you know, he he's been very electric for West Ham. He's had some really good games. And I actually thought he would um take them through in their um European games, but unfortunately, you know, they, they didn't make it. But even in, in Europe, like he was really good. He scored some some big goals for them as well. So he's had a great season with West Ham. And I'm sure David yeah, David Noah is really happy with his performance and with the contributions he's made. For the team, yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I think, I think he deserves a shout. Um, I mean, of course, you can still make a, a case for all the other guys we talked about. So, moving on from the player of the season to um, the uh, managers of the season um, nomination, uh, we have uh, Thomas Frank, Pep Guardiola, Eddie Howe, um, Jurgen Klopp, and Patrick Vieira. So, I mean. What do you think? Um, who do you think deserves this? Uh, okay. Um, I mean, the it's. I mean, this is my opinion, and it's conversations that will always be subjective. But the easy pick would be Klopp, just because, just uh-huh. because, like this late in the season, and we're talking about Liverpool and a quadruple, something that has never happened, like a historic quadruple. Um, it's it's insane, and the fact that. Any, like, take out Man City, who are just ridiculous, and Liverpool would have won the league, you know, with their point return. Yeah. And they've already won the Carabao Cup, and they're two finals, the Champions League and the FA Cup. 
So um, yeah, they have yeah. had an amazing season. And even if they don't win the league, if they win the other two or even just the Champions League, that is still an amazing, amazing, amazing season. So I would say for me, it's it's Klopp and what he's done with that with that Liverpool team. Yeah, I I think everyone who is on this list deserves, um, deserves to be on the list. 100%. Yeah, I think. Um, when you look at Thomas Frank and the type of budget they are they are working with at Brentford, um, you you would you could say that you know he's done an exceptional job keeping them here. But it's not I I don't think it's special. I mean Sheffield United did it as well, <laughs> but of course Chris Rada also got like he got that sort of mention. Um, for Pep, and and this is this is my thing with this whole thing is that um, at some point we need to really i mean i think people respect pep by the way but i don't know if he's ever won like manager of the season or anything like that i don't think he has but when you really look at what man city has been able to accomplish year after year they are defending the title and and for me personally i think that means more because when you're defending a title you have a target on your back people are coming for you like you are the one who's being hunted that comes with a lot of pressure and they have handled that pressure so well. Um, I would say that for me personally, I, I think I am leaning more towards Pep um, just because he is repeating this and he's doing it in the most spectacular way you can you can win a, a title in the sense that they're doing this without a, a recognizable striker. Um, and we've come to see that as normal, right? <laughs> we've come to believe that this is normal. But the way they play, the way they dominate games, the, they score goals, they, I think they, they just blow teams away and they control the game from start to finish. They're very, very consistent. Even when they lose games, when you see City losing games, you just realize it was just a hit and run. Like it was just a, you know, snap, <laughs> smash and grab <laughs> kind of thing. Like it's not like, they are comprehensively beaten, if you get what I mean. Like, it's so hard for you to do that with City. And Klopp is really, I think he deserves the accolades. But I think he has, has he won it before? I think he may have. I think he may so have. So for me personally, I'm, I'm leaning, yeah, I'm leaning towards Pep for the reason that they are defending, defending a champion is, uh, defending a title, sorry, is way more difficult than actually winning it uh, for the first time or, you know, defending it is, is really, really, really difficult because you have to motivate the players again. You know, we're going for it again. It's going to be a grind. You need to refresh their minds, refresh the team. So for me, I'm, I'm going with Pep. But when you look at um, Eddie Howe and, and Vieira, they've done exceptional. I, I think Eddie Howe, of course, you know, you need to really give him his flowers because, you know, he really navigated a really, really, really tough season for, for Newcastle very, very well. Um, are they finishing what in... In is it is in, in the what fourteenth position? Yes. Well, and yeah, they've they've done a great job. I think both um, Newcastle and uh, Crystal Palace have been, um, you know, surprisingly good enough this season to stay away from those um, relegation scraps, yeah. which is where you typically would expect them to be. Um, I know Newcastle invested a lot of money, by the way. I mean, they got <laughs> exactly you know a ton of players <laughs> to join them, but. But even at that, it, it's not easy to integrate these new players. So he deserves a great mention, you know, which which he's going to get from us. But for me personally, I think it's better. Yeah, I mean, I get I get why why you know you would go with Pep, and I mean he was my very close second. 
um, it's definitely a huge achievement winning the title back to back. You know, it's it's a massive accomplishment for him. Um, but I just feel like, you know, the one he really wanted is the Champions League, and um, yeah. you know, and looking at how Liverpool have been in all their competitions, you know, they have been pretty much high performing in every single competition this season. You know, as mentioned, like they've already won a cup, they're in two finals, and mathematically they could still win the league. You know, so like they Yeah. They, it's like they didn't prioritize one over the other. They went for for everything. And they were, you know, all guns blazing, you know, all cylinders firing for in every single competition. And being able to, you know, get your players playing at that level game in, game out, in different competitions, not treating, oh, Champions League, let's prioritize Champions League over, you know, this cup, you know, let's prioritize this big game over that that game. You know, every game was a big game for them. And he will, and Klopp, you know, Klopp being able to motivate his players and prepare his players and manage that team to keep that same performance, game in, game out, it's, it's very impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this one is going to be like a, a quick fire round. Sure. Hubla, young player of the season. So the, the options are Trent, Phil Foden, Conor Gallagher, Tarek Mitchell, Mason Mount, Aaron uh, Ramsdale, Declan Rice, and Koya Saka. Who do you think deserves uh, this? Okay, this one is really tough, but I would probably say Foden. <laughs> okay. uh, I would say Phil Foden. He's she's a phenomenal player. He, he's a phenomenal player, and like yeah. at such a young age, playing in in a big team, you know, um, playing, you know, playing against uh, Real Madrid in the Champions League, playing the big games for City, you know, it just shows the level of trust that Pep has in him and his quality and what he brings to the team. And yeah, he's had he's had a very great season. He he's he's a very talented player. But the, the Arsenal yeah, fan in me would want to say Saka. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, I think it's it's a very it's that that one is is tougher to pick from this than it was for um player yeah. player of the season. Because these young players are yeah. really good. Yes, I, I was just gonna say that even Trent mm-hmm. as an example, I mean, when we it, because he's been doing this for such a long time right now, it, we even run the, the the risk of saying well I mean of maybe sort of seeing it as it's just what he does normal. yeah like, and it doesn't it doesn't feel yeah, special doesn't anymore feel I get what you mean it's like when you keep doing something over and over again people get used to it. it's like oh that, that's just what he does no realizing that you know yeah. it takes a lot of effort and quality to pull that off it is special it is, it is special so um yeah Phil Foden is, is a good shout for sure um Declan Rice has been really great this season mm-hmm. um. I think I'll agree with you that Phil Foden is, you know, should get it. I, I think he deserves it as well. I think if you're if you're a main player in the team that is about to win the league, I think you deserve to be your exactly. player this season. I think I think just for that reason, I think he, he deserves it. Well, it's been it's been awesome having this conversation, and we have you know a lot to look forward this to. weekend. Um, in a way, I'm, yeah. In, in a way, I'm kind of happy that I don't have a lot of anxiety to deal with. I, I just can relax uh, 
and watch the games with without any 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 fear uh, because I really don't care where United ends up, whether they end up in conference or Europa. It's been nice if it's Europa, but I really don't care in all honesty. And for you guys, it's going to be um, really tough. But but yeah, it's been it's been awesome, and uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to doing the review um, of the season. Uh, in, you know, in a few weeks' time. And uh, yeah, so that's one. Thank you. Any any last words? Um, I guess go Burnley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I will be rooting very hard for Burnley this this weekend. So yeah, to the Burnley team and all those Burnley fans out there, I'm rooting for you guys. <laughs> okay, well, go Burnley for it, just for for the sake. And uh, yeah, we'll be watching closely to see you know how things pan out. Um, yeah. Um, Tune in next time uh, to um, you know the Bosby Link podcast, and uh, yeah, it's your boy Hugo and the Tun signing off. <laughs> <laughs>